Yes, people, how are you all doing? I hope you're doing really well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today we are back with another solo episode. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast, so I thought I'd just stick the mic on and kind of keep everyone updated with what's been happening, why the podcast hasn't been as regular as it has been. And we're just going to talk through a few things that I've been hearing, not just from clients, but just from people in the industry maybe people who are in the gym, whatever it is, just a few topics of conversation that I would like to discuss. Again, it's a bit of a random one. I will try and put all these topics in the show notes if you want to skip to certain sections. However, first of all, what's been happening so I've just been super busy, uh, plain and simple, super busy with PT, which is very, very good. Uh, More clients picked up, uh, both one-to-one and online, so which has been a very good thing. So the podcast in terms of guest episodes hasn't been as regular. I will obviously down the line. I'm not stopping the podcast, but it'll just be one of them things now. When I get when I get the time to do it, it'll happen. Um, if I don't have the time to do it, it's not the end of the world. I'll be keeping my YouTube videos going once a week as well. So you're still gonna get to see me once a week. So that's just a very very brief update. But I wanted to talk, like I said, about a few things that I've been hearing. Um, just in terms of clients or maybe from people who have, have been in consultations, the reasons the behind not going to PT sooner or not getting into fitness or maybe excuses to stop or some of the things that I hear in the gym in terms of old fitness myths that you probably commonly, everyone probably commonly hear and that are definitely, most definitely wrong. So the first thing, I've probably discussed it in the podcast back in September talking about five excuses and um, that you're probably making to stop you actually getting the results you want. First thing is the old quote, I'm not fit enough to start PT. I'm I'm not fit enough yet to start actually going to the gym. Now, this is probably, if if you are saying this this quote, then you 100% are someone who definitely needs to get to the gym, needs personal training, because you're at that point that you need the help. One bit of advice for anybody first starting out in the gym, whether you're young or whether you're a little bit older and you're just getting first in the gym, is definitely get yourself a personal trainer, get yourself some sort of coach just to guide you through them first six to eight weeks of training because them first them first four to six weeks are massively important. One, because you don't know what you're doing, your technique might not be on point, you might be getting injured, but also, also they kind of set the stone, set the benchmark for how you're going to progress over the next few weeks. So if you start off with really bad technique, you're going to probably continue that bad technique for the, the longest time. It's like whenever you first learn to drive a car, whenever you first do do anything, you, your technique is going to be completely off. Your confidence isn't going to be there. But if you get someone in right at the start to teach you the right form, to teach you the right tempo, to teach you the right, the right volume, the right exercises for you, then you're going to be miles ahead. You're going to be saving yourself months of progression if you're doing that. So first thing, yeah, that's it's one of the things that I've been hearing quite a bit with people who maybe have debated doing PT or not started it yet or, or I've had them in for a consultation. I'm like, oh, how come you've only started PT now? Um, and that's, that's what they've been saying. So that's the first little thing that I wanted to run over. Next one, another one which I hear a lot. I talk about motivation a lot on, on my Instagram. I think talk, talk about how it's not something you can rely on. And that's one of the things I hear from a lot of people. Why why do I not have motivation to do things? Or I don't have the motivation to go at the train. I don't have the motivation to, to do these things to get myself in shape. Motivation is something that is never going to be there all the time. Motivation is something that you, you have very, it's very short lived. You may, might watch a, a motivational video, a motivational movie. You might watch... See, just see something that inspires you to be like, you know what, I want to be like that person. Or if I do this, I'm going to be like that person. And that motivation might last you a few days. It might last a week. It might last a month. After that short period of time, 
it's going to fade. And the one thing that will keep people going is routine, is having discipline, is having a purpose behind things. Now, if you think that Olympic athletes, footballers, um, any successful entrepreneur, businessman, personal trainer, bodybuilder, whatever it is, if you think that they wake up every morning motivated to, to go to work, to go to train, to go and put the, the long hours in that they have to do to get to where they are, if you think they're constantly motivated to do things, you need to think again because we're all human. We all have things in the way. We all have negative thoughts. Our, our human body is designed to stop us from doing so. Our, our mind is designed to stop us from doing these uncomfortable things. Our body and our mind tr plays tricks on us all the time. There's always them little voices in your head saying you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. That when you're getting up at 4.30, 5am in the morning, your body's telling you, get back to bed, get to sleep because that's comfortable. But you have to tell yourself, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting up. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go for a run, go to the gym, whatever it is that you're getting up early for, getting some work done. You need to be able to fight those voices. And motivation is at those moments is going to be very, very low. Like I hate getting up early. In the moment, I absolutely hate it. But when I reflect on it, which is something that I'm going to talk, talk about in a second, uh, remembered happiness and, and, and pleasure and, and all that sort of stuff. In the moment when I get up, I do not want to do it. I do not enjoy this. But this is something that when you've got that discipline, when you've built a routine, when you have a purpose and a reason behind stuff, you do it without even thinking. Or when you when you do think about it, you, you try and push them negative voices away and push yourself to go and do them things. So if you're someone who is relying on motivation to get you to do stuff, I would try and find a purpose. Give yourself a purpose. If you don't think you've got one, give yourself one. Maybe set yourself set yourself a goal, set yourself a deadline. Say, right, in 12 weeks time, I want to maybe lose this amount of weight or in six months time, I want to go and run that marathon or I want to compete in a bodybuilding show or something like that. Or I want to boot myself in for a photo shoot, anything. Something that has a deadline, something, something where you actually set yourself a timescale. Be as specific as you possibly can. I was listening to uh, Tom, is it Tom Billhue? I can't remember don't know how we say his last name, apologies for butchering his name, but I was listening to a podcast with him and he was talking about with his goals and, and, and the reason that he's become so successful is because he was so specific on why he wanted to, what he wanted to achieve and why he wanted to. So he would say, right, I want to make this business a six-figure or a seven-figure uh, company on the 28th of October 2016 or whatever date he said. He was very specific and all he, all he did from there was just think about that every single day because he was so clear, he had so much clarity, which is the word that he used, he had so much clarity on what he wanted to achieve that literally everything that he did every single day was built up to that moment. So one thing I tell a lot of people is set yourself a goal and work backwards from that goal. So it could be, right, you've got six months, we've got a photo shoot or we've got a wedding or we've got a holiday to work towards. These are the steps that we're going to take and we're going to work in reverse order. So by this date, we want to be at this point. In this date, we want to be at this point. And to get to that, them little goals, we need to be doing these little individual steps. So again, when it comes to training, I'll periodize your own training for my clients. That's what I would do. But if it comes to business, if it comes to something else, then you've got to work the steps backwards to get to that point. And, and, and realize that it's going to take this amount of time. And by this point, you've got to hit these, these certain deadlines. So hopefully, I get the, hopefully you get the idea of what I'm talking about here. You need to have so much clarity and so much, so much of an understanding of what your purpose and your reason behind things is. Otherwise, you're gonna go down a certain door, going down a certain path, and and things aren't gonna gonna go your way, and you might just fall off the bandwagon completely because you, you're like, well, what's the point of doing this now? I've I've already failed once. I don't know what I'm doing. There's a, a million different ways to achieve certain goals. 
again in the podcast I was listening to this morning, they were talking about you have so many doors, it was business related, so you have so many different doors that you can choose to go down or to go through, sorry, to achieve the certain goal. Say you have a thousand doors in front of you to try and get to, to whatever goal you've achieved. You've got to try and pick the right door to get to that next step. But sometimes you're going to pick the wrong door. Sometimes you're going to go through that wrong door. It might set you back, but you can always step back out of it and then try another door. If that work, that one doesn't work, step back out of it and try another one. There's so many different paths to achieve success or achieve whatever goals you have. You just need to make sure you find the right one. And if you do have that clarity and do have that purpose and you go through a wrong door, that's when you can say to yourself, look, I've learned, I've, I've made a mistake here, I've learned from it, I'm going to take a step back, I'm going to try this number door, whereas without that clarity, you're going to go through that door and you're going to probably never come back out of that door because you, you don't want to, because you, you don't understand why why things aren't going your way. So just a few things to think about there. Yeah, motivation is great short term, it's great just to get you going to start with, but you've got to have a bigger reason behind things, you've got to have such such a purpose and such clarity on on what you want to achieve, why you want to achieve it, how you're going to achieve it, and when you are going to achieve it. So there's some big things. There was a little thing as well like I'm, I talked about before. I mentioned about happiness in the moment and happy remembered happiness. So I did an Instagram post on this the other day. So with anything you're going to do in life, you're going to suffer. There's going to be some form of suffering. So I wrote this little thing on Instagram. So I'm going to read a little bit of it out for you. It was after, it was reflecting on a podcast I listened to um, with Paul Bloom on the Modern Wisdom podcast, talking about this, this two types of happiness. The thing that I said was, we can all have happiness in the moment through pleasure. For example, we could go out and spend all of our money on a nice car. We could buy nice clothes or we could blow it all on a big night out or a big holiday. In the moment, yes, we are very happy because it's all through just pleasure. However, remember, remembered happiness is what truly makes life feel meaningful. This type of happiness may not be pleasurable in the moment, but once you reflect on it after it's happened, it's remembered as a great moment of time. So examples of this, building your own business. In the moment, obviously, it's going to be really tough. However, once you achieve that thing, obviously, it's going to be such a rewarding feeling. Another example is, renovating a home or maybe even prepping for a bodybuilding show prepping for a bodybuilding show it's going to be tough building your own home is going to be tough there's going to be things like i don't even know what you i'm not very good with diy stuff but examples trying to knock things down or trying to paint a wall for example painting is not really that exciting let's be honest nobody really wants to paint unless you're a painter you might enjoy it <laughs> but in the moment, it's a bit boring. You don't really enjoy it. Same thing with the bodybuilding prep. In the moment, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be tired. You're on low calories. You've got to go and get up at five o'clock in the morning to do your cardio before work. You're not going to enjoy that. However, once you get to that end goal, once that home's renovated, once you're on that stage and showing off the physique that you've achieved and chiseled over the last, whatever, 20 weeks or whatever it's been of dieting, that reward at the end of it is so, 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 so rewarding. It gives you that reason, that purpose and reminds you, yes, this is why I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. However, like like I said before, in the moment, it's it's, it's horrible. It's suffering. Afterwards, that remembered happiness, it's 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 something that you you can't you can't buy money, can't buy that feeling. And it's something that when you're all there, you're gonna reflect on, you're gonna think back and look back on your life and the remembered happiness, those moments are gonna be the ones that you reflect on. Yes, you might reflect on some of the things like buying a nice car and then holidays and stuff, but the ones that really give your life meaning and really made you feel fulfilled with those with those remembered happiness moments. Other things that I put 
Um, happiness is this ha this type of happiness is what lasts a lifetime, and so in some form of suffering has to be part of that journey. So it has to be part of the journey. Suffering has to be in there. So if you are someone who struggles with motivation to get yourself to the gym, get yourself in shape, just remember you have to have that form of suffering to have any sort of form of success or some form of, of, of happiness and fulfillment at the end of it. So just keep digging in. That's the one thing you can, all I can say is digging. I wake up some mornings and I cannot be bothered to do my morning routine. I can't be bothered to do things. I love my job. I absolutely love my job as a personal trainer, but there's some mornings I do not want to go and get up and do it. It's, it's plain and simple. Love my clients. I'm very lucky to be in the position I am, but there's mornings that I don't fancy it. But you've just got to turn up. You've got to bring that energy, especially for my clients who are coming to see me. They're coming here. They're paying me to, to work hard and I've got to put a put a session on for them. I've got to give them energy to go and start their day right or finish their day right, whatever it is, whatever time they see me. So just make sure that whatever you do, just keep on digging in. And at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, you'll look back and you'll reflect and think, thank fuck that I kept on going there. I feel so good. I've earned my my time off at Christmas. I've earned my holiday. I've earned my my beer at the weekend, which is another thing I've mentioned before. Um, listening to Dan Carter on the uh, on the High Performance Podcast. I went there, went blank there. I forgot what his name was. Dan Carter. He talked about earning your beer, making sure that you do everything you can during the week to earn that beer on the weekend. Again, I'm probably rambling and extended on this one point, but it's something that I really want to try and get into people's heads is that motivation is something you can't rely on and you've got to, you've got to suffer. Nothing comes easy because everybody these days wants something that comes to them like that. They want to take a, a magic pill, they want a magic drink, some, some magical diet or magical morning routine to fix everything. These little things may contribute a little bit. Morning routines are great for setting the tone for the day. There's certain diets that help really well. But it's all down to you. It's all down to your consistency, routine, any sort of any sort of success. If you look at all the successful people, they are consistent with the things they do. It's all delayed gratification. So it's doing things for a long period of time, and then you reap the rewards at the end of it. So, just a little reminder for everybody that motivation is going to be short lived. You just got to dig in, keep things going, be consistent, stay on point. Yes, you're going to fall off it a little bit every so often, but you've got to get yourself back on and just keep on going. So that's a little bit of a rant about that one. A few other things will probably fly through these last ones. I'll probably keep the solo podcast a little bit shorter, um, probably 30, 20, 20, 30 minutes tops. A few little other points that I've been, which is aren't so kind of deep, like I went deep in the last the last little point. So a few things about cardio burning muscle i've just made a few bullet points from from whenever a client or someone has, has mentioned it to me i've went to my notes section on my phone and put this down just for the podcast so cardio burn muscle cardio does not burn muscle what burns muscle what burns muscle is either being on too low calories being too low protein or overtraining. so go back to the first one being on too low too low calories if you're not eating enough calories your body's going to have to get its energy from somewhere it's going to go to its fat stores if, if you don't have a high enough protein intake it's going to end up going to your muscle stores so it's going to end up digging into them muscle stores for energy it's like if say you you went for a long period of fast maybe you, you were out in the back if you think back in the hunter gatherer days there was a long period of fasting where you, you couldn't get food your body would burn all its fat stores for energy burn all its muscle stores for energy because it's not getting its energy from anywhere else so just make sure that you're, you're on the right calories yes if you want to lose lose body fat and you want to lose weight you're going to have to be in a slight calorie deficit but one, make sure it's not too low. Make sure it's very gradual. 
and take your time with it. Don't try and do any of these like 28 day diets. Yes, you might lose weight to start with, but after that, you're probably gonna rebound and put a lot of weight back on. And the next point, obviously, make sure your protein intake is a reasonable amount. Depending on your goal, I would say for average, one gram per kilogram of body weight is absolutely fine. So I'm about 95 kilograms times 95 by two, 180, 190. I can't believe I can't do that quick maths in my head. 190 kilograms, I think. (laughs) I can't believe I'm thinking about that. I did get an eight maths in school, but anyway, 190 grams of protein if I am 95 kilograms. That should be right. Anyway, less of my bad math skills. But yeah, say, better example, you're 80 kilograms times that by two, 160. I can do that, 160 grams of protein per day. Nice and simple, easy to remember. If you're consistent with hitting 160 grams of protein, if you're 80 kilograms, obviously you make sure you're in a calorie deficit. Find that out just by by tracking your body weight, seeing how much weight you're losing. If your weight's going down at a set amount of calories that you're on, perfect. You probably don't want to be losing more than a kilogram a week, depending on how big you are. The, obviously, the more overweight you are, the more body fat you have, the more body fat, the more weight that you can lose to start with so you can probably go two kilograms a week but as you start to get leaner that body fat rate of loss should be a little bit slower for someone who's relatively lean already for example wanting to prep for a bodybuilding show or a photo shoot you're probably looking at 0.5 to 0.2 grams grams per week roughly on average obviously it depends on the person but yeah you just want to make that process nice and slow and then in terms of cardio itself burning muscle that's just down to overtraining. If you think that cardio burns muscle, then have a look at every single CrossFit athlete there is in, at the top of the game. Matt Fraser, all them, all them big guns. Obviously, I know Matt Fraser's retired now, but even the ones who are who were there at the minute, they are massive. They have some muscle on them. They are strong. They're athletic, but they also do a lot of cardio. But they are eating a lot of food, a lot, a lot of food. Five thousand calories plus. They're getting their protein intake in. They're supplementing with amino acids. They, they're getting all the right foods in. So just make sure you're doing the same thing. Obviously, you don't have to go to the extent of them. But if you're doing a lot of physical exercise, if you're resistance training and then throwing cardio on top of it, just make sure you're feeding yourself with plenty plenty proteins, good quality protein, high in amino acids. If you feel like you're struggling to get the protein in, maybe if you're somebody who's on a plant-based diet, who's vegan, it might be worth looking into supplementing with EAAs. Um, just to get some extra amino acids in. However, if you're if you're getting a wide spectrum of amino acids from different sources of protein, you should be fine. Especially if you're a meat eater, you shouldn't. You should absolutely be fine as long as you're getting your protein intake in. So yeah, cardio burning muscle is completely false. The main things that ends up burning muscle is overtraining, like I said, which obviously relates to under recovering. So trying to say you train chest on a Monday, you're going to go train chest on a Tuesday and then train chest on a Wednesday. That's not going to be optimal. You're going to end up actually losing muscle doing that because your body does not have time to recover. And then in terms of other things that are going to burn muscle, it's going to be low protein and going into a ridiculously low deficit in terms of calories. So next one in terms of related to the last one, fat turning into muscle. I'm going to make this one short and sweet. Fat and muscle are completely different things. You cannot turn fat into muscle. You can't turn muscle into fat. End of story. Complete different parts of your body. So just don't even don't even get into it. <laughs> next one. One thing I get, again, I mentioned it in my last YouTube video, I think it was. Um, people who are worried about getting too bulky or getting too big when the resistance training sorry women obviously it is majority you because you don't want to you don't want obviously a lot of women don't want to get too big they want to get torn they don't want to get muscular so 
I myself, I've been training for about five or six years, resistance training, at least twice, three times a week, probably on probably say on average three to four times per week. And I do not look like Ronnie Coleman or any of the Olympia bodybuilders. It is very, very hard to to build muscle and get to the point where you are massive, should we call it massive. Yes, people have got genetic advantages. Some people genetically can build a lot more muscle than others. However, if you're someone who is either just start the gym or just someone who just wants to get fit and get a little bit more toned up and look and feel a little bit better, then I would not worry about building too much muscle, getting too bulky if you're only going to the gym two or three times a week. If you're someone who who maybe just wants to get toned in but goes to the gym four days a week and has been doing that for 10 years, is consistent with the protein, is applying all the principles of progressive overload, build like hypertrophy, all that stuff, then maybe you might build a little bit more muscle than you want. You can easily just adapt your training, but I guarantee 99.9% of people do not have to worry about this. If you go into the gym two or three days a week, a little bit of resistance training, making sure you're covering your full body, making sure that you're probably getting a little bit of cardio in as well. And then also just a, a regular balanced diet. You will not have to worry about that at all. Trust me. Uh, you'll feel better for anything. You will. The main thing when people say that they want to get toned, that involves building muscle. Building muscle and dropping body fat is pretty much what toned is. So definitely include some resistance training. Don't just stick to cardio. You do not have to worry about it at all. I guarantee it. I've, I've never had someone, a client say to me, I've never heard it from anybody saying, God, I need to stop training. I'm getting too muscly. Unless you're, what's his name? Who plays um, in the Premier League? I forgot his name now. Um, Triori, that's the one. Adore Triori. He, he's, he, does, he says he doesn't have to resistance train anymore because he's that big. Like he's genetically massively gifted, so he does not need to train anymore. He might be too bulky like for football as long as it doesn't affect his performance. He's, he's not, but that's the very, very rare example where you can have someone who is actually too bulky. But if you're someone who's just starting the gym, just wants to get a PT to get a little bit in shape and feel a bit better, you do not have to worry about getting too bulky at all. And if you are too bulky, simple things, just cut down your resistance training, Maybe you can probably slightly reduce your protein intake if you don't need that high of a protein intake. But like I said, I'm speaking to the 0.001% of people here saying that. Moving on to the next topic. So we've got two more topics uh, to cover. Next one I heard quite recently actually with a, with a relatively new client. Um, knees over toes. Now knees over toes when you're squatting, when you're lunging is not a bad thing. You do not have to keep your knee parallel to your ankle or to your toes. You can't. The, the old myth of knees over toes is bad for you is is 100% wrong. Now, if you look at the knees over toes guy, which is obviously a, a, a big, big thing, which has started trending all over all over social media at the minute, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff, it just goes to show that knees over toes is a good thing and that if you do train that range of motion, then you're going to get strong with it, then you're going to help your knee pain. Now, knees over toes might not be appropriate for, for certain people who have maybe just had really bad injuries or just had knee surgery. So it might be something that you need to build up to. So if you do get pain when squatting over your toes, you probably need to look at a few things. Hip mobility, you might need to look at ankle mobility, which is a big thing, which limits people's knees from coming over the toes. So if you do have tight ankles, what's going to happen when you try and drive that knee over your toe is two things. Probably your foot's going to roll inwards, which is going to knock the alignment of your ankles and knees. And secondly, you're probably going to end up lifting your heel off. And now if you don't have that strength, especially in your quad muscles, to allow that knee to come over your toe and squat on your toes, then you're probably going to get a little bit of knee pain because that tendon, your patella tendon, is going to have to compensate for your quads, for them tight ankles, to, to get that movement. So yes, 
if you're someone who who hasn't trained it before or has had knee injuries and stuff i would probably say it was something to build up to but if you look at some of the best squatters in the world people i would probably say 75 percent of people need to squat over the toes yes there's some people who do genetically have um limb lengths that allow them to squat really deep without their knees going over the toes it's just the way that you're built but most people especially taller people people with longer limbs you're gonna have to allow them knees to come over your toes which is when mobility comes into play now i think i've seen eugene tower eugene teo on instagram do a post about um, he set someone up in a squat he was holding on to him he was holding on to someone set him up in a squat where his knees weren't over his toes his heels were flat on the flat on the floor he was in a good squat position however he was holding on to eugene was holding him up as soon as he let go he toppled over on his back and he couldn't hold that position because he is not genetically designed to squat in a position and hold that bottom position without his knees coming over his toes. It's all to do with physics and all to do with your centre of mass. If your centre of mass isn't 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 balanced, then you're going to fall over. And then that I hear people say at the time, well, when you when you were babies and you see pictures of babies holding a squat, they were they can hold a squat. Why can't we hold a squat? We're genetically designed. We should be able to because we were born that way. We were born to be able to squat with our knees over our toes and sit in that position. One thing that people forget is babies' body proportions are not the same as humans. Their head is so much bigger compared to the rest of their body. So our proportion to our head to our body, our head's tiny compared to the rest of the body. Whereas you look at babies, their heads are nearly, don't know, a third of them, but well, probably not a third. That's quite a big head, that, but they're a lot bigger compared to our, our, our body weight. I've seen a good Instagram post talking about this, that their center of mass is completely different because of the position of their head and how big and how heavy their head is compared to the rest of their body. So it's almost as if we go into a squat, if you hold a 10 kilogram plate out in front of you, straight arms out in front of you, and you go into a squat, you're probably going to be able to stand up because you've got that extra 10 kilograms of, of weight pulling you forward and keeping you upright. It's the same thing with why uh, I always start my clients with goblet squats or front squats rather than going straight into a back squat. It's because it teaches you to stay upright and it can it almost assist you and it gives you a little bit more stability in staying upright. And then once you learn to, to do the proper movement and have the mobility to go knees over toes, then we can progress the back squats. Again, I'm probably rambling, so a lot of people might have clicked off it, but knees over toes is not a bad thing. If you do suffer from pain, I would probably go and see a specialist, first of all, and get them to have a look at it, go and see a physio or someone who is a specialist in that in the area of knee pain or whatever it, whatever um, pain you're suffering with, to get them to have a look at it, and then they can prescribe you the right exercises, the right treatment for that. However, if you, if you haven't trained that range before, maybe start on like a leg press, start with... with relatively lightweight and start getting used to that movement of squatting down on what on maybe single legs a single leg leg press squatting all the way to the bottom letting them knees come over the toes obviously trying to keep the heels down if you can't quite keep your heels down work on the ankle mobility or even just get used to heel elevating squatting so check out my most i think my second most recent youtube video all about knee pain i've done a number of knee pain videos on my youtube talking about that talking about why it's so important to to be able to let your knees come over your toes why it's important to to be able to learn how to squat on your toes and how it's massively helped my own knee pain just from my own personal experience but end of story knees over toes is absolutely fine and the last point because we're coming up to half an hour now is shocking the muscle you have to shock the muscle every time you go into the gym now this is a massive myth absolute massive myth it's just like an old school bodybuilding bodybuilder myth and it's not true so in terms of your training in terms of the exercise selection you do want to stick to exercise exercises for a long period of time it takes a while it takes like four to six weeks to get used to certain exercises to your body to practice practice the movement to get the right motor neuron path, uh, pathways 
to get everything working the way it should. So I've just started working with a coach about six to eight weeks. I think it was about eight weeks ago now. And there's a few new exercises that I've never used before, a few different machines that I haven't used, a few exercises that I've, I've, I've took time to get used to. For example, 45 degree hip extension. I've never done that movement in my life and that's been a big part of my program um, doing, be, been doing that one every single week. Now it's only took, it's took me the six, the seven, the eight weeks to get to the point now where I can actually load that exercise and actually stick a five kilogram weight on there. I've been doing body weight for sets of 10, for sets of 12, for weeks now because it took me that long to get used to it. Now, once it gets to that six to seven to eight week part, um, point, sorry, you've probably learned the movement, you probably understand the muscles that you need to be working, you understand, right, I need to drive my glutes into the pad, I need to think about, as I come up, it's not my lower back that's doing the, that's taking the load, it's my hamstrings, my glutes, all my hip extenders. That's what you need to learn with any single movement. So shocking the muscle, if you're going in on, say, Monday to your chest day, I'm going to just use a bro split for for example. Monday, you're going to go and do chest day, you're going to do dumbbell bench press for one week, whatever it is. Next week, you do not have to come in and change the exercise. Yes, you can rotate between two sets of different sessions. However, I would stick to at least doing that dumbbell bench press every two weeks, just so you get used to it. It's probably gonna take you eight, 10 weeks to get used to it. And you wanna be sticking to those exercises and just aiming to progress in a set rep range. So it could be six to eight reps for the first six, eight, 10 weeks, whatever it's going to be, stick to that rep range and try and progress in those rep ranges, lift a little bit heavier, try and add one or two reps. Once you get to the end of that rep range, that's when you increase the load and keep on progressing. So stick to the exercises. To get good at something, you need to practice it. It's the same with anything, any sport, any sort of exercise, whatever it is, you need to be consistent and stick to it. Maybe after 12 weeks or so, you might want to change the rep ranges. You might want to add um, a rest pause in there. You might want to change the rep ranges from 6 to 8 to 10 to 12, just to slightly get a different stimulus. But in terms of shocking the muscle, you don't have to go in every single session and change it. There needs to be some sort of consistency. There needs to be some sort of, of regularity, if that's even a word. I don't know if I'm making up words. But you need, there needs to be some sort of consistency within your training so you know, one, that you're progressing because if there's no consistency, how do you know if you're getting stronger? And also, two, so your body can get used to it and adapt to that movement and then keep on progressing. So there's nothing wrong with sticking to a movement and sticking it in your program for a year. For example, back squats, especially the big movements that are a little bit more complex. Isolations, yes, you might want to change them up every so often just to keep training fun, but the main chunk of exercises you do want to you do want to keep consistent you can manipulate rep ranges every so often but i do with a lot of my clients i stick to pretty much the same two three sessions or how many sessions doing for for a week i'll probably stick with them for a good six to eight weeks minimum probably even longer if anything but yeah you do not have to shot the muscle every single session down the line you obviously need to to add certain progressions in like rest pauses drop sets and maybe slight excuse me slightly changing the the respite the rest periods or maybe even just change the rep ranges com completely. You can do things like that, but exercise selection, definitely stay consistent with. I feel like I'm rambling now. We've just hit over half an hour. So hopefully if you did listen to all of this podcast, you enjoyed it. Obviously it's a bit of a mixed bag of a podcast, but I thought I'd just get the mic out because it's been a while. Have a little bit of a chat. Um, and yeah, if you want to see more solo episodes, let me know. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, give it a share 
on your social media, Instagram, Facebook. If you haven't already, give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast, I was going to say iTunes there. Apple Podcast, then that would mean the world. Leave a little review. I haven't uh, haven't mentioned that in a while, but I always forget that. And like I always say, if you can share the podcast with a friend or a family member, just copy the link over, send it over to them. If you've got any friends or family member who maybe make a few of the excuses that I mentioned earlier about the motivation, about not being fit enough to start the gym, then definitely send this one over. And if there's anybody who says knees over toe is, is bad, definitely send them the YouTube video over as well. So thank you very much as always for listening. This has been Process. Mm-hmm.